Hello and welcome to Sam for Uncut, a podcast for developers about building great products. Today, I'm excited to welcome Brandon Bayer. Brandon, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Great. Yeah, so please just go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, so I'm Brandon. I'm the creator of Bliss.js, and I went to college for electrical engineering. And so what my dad was, and I was like, okay, this seems cool. But in the process of those courses, I took a couple software classes and I was like, whoa, this is amazing. And so I got a job as an intern doing software engineering, but it was very low levels, embedded software, programming microcontrollers and construction lasers. And so a long ways away from web, but I kind of had this like itch for more visual creative stuff. And so eventually took a boot camp and learned Ruby on Rails. And that got me into web programming. And so then I quit my job to do consulting and I've been a independent consultant for almost four years now. And then last year, I guess it'd be about 15 months ago, I created Blitz.js. And so now that's taken most of my time over the past year. Great. And for our listeners who are not familiar with Blitz.js yet, can you give us a brief intro of what it is and what you're aiming it to be? Yeah. So Blitz is a full stack framework for React. So the idea is to have the same type of experience like Ruby on Rails or Laravel, where it's a batteries included full stack framework that has everything you need end to end from the user interface all the way to the database and background processing. So we wanted that experience of Ruby on Rails or Laravel, but for JavaScript or TypeScript and with React. And so Blitz is that, and Blitz is built on top of Next.js. Actually, it's moving into a fork. It's something we could talk about. And so you have the same kind of standard experience as Next.js, but then so much more around it that's suited for building a full stack app. Okay, great. And for me and maybe some listeners who are not super familiar with all the JavaScript building blocks, and there are you know so many out there right now. So, okay, I think that... Majority of us are familiar with React and what it does and so on. But I heard you giving a talk about bundling and unbundling that I liked very much in our technology world. So can you maybe build upon that in terms of, okay, what's Next.js solving? And then what are those bits and pieces that Blitz.js is bringing? So there's a cycle that happens in technology of bundling and unbundling. And you go through this phase where everything becomes unbundled, like React was kind of the start of that, where you just have to piece together your entire stack. You pick React for the library and then something else for CSS and something else for everything else. And so that's kind of the unbundling. And then there's a cycle of bundling where everything kind of brings together and like a really nice user experience. But then it kind of goes to some more unbundling, you know, after that. And so Blitz fits in that phase of bundling where we're bringing everything together into a really nice user experience. So like, for example, kind of traditionally the past few years, if you were going to build a full stack React app, you have to figure out like, okay, what's my backend going to be? If it's JavaScript, then like what type of library, Express, Fastify, or like some other thing, what's the front end going to be? We're going to React, Vue, Angular, et cetera. What type of linting are we going to do? Code formatting? How are we going to set up tests? And there's like, how are we going to do authentication? There's like a ton of questions that you have to figure out. And so Blitz answers a bunch of those for you. And one thing we're trying to do is have opinions and like default setups, but it'll still allow you to like swap things out, right? 
that's one thing with Ruby on Rails was like difficult to go off the rails. And so with Blitz, we're trying to make it basically more flexible. So you still have that productivity by default, but then it's still easier to just like kind of blaze your own trail at some point if you need to. Hey everyone, Sanford has published an open source book called CICD with Docker and Kubernetes. It combines just the right amount of best practices and practical advice for shipping cloud native apps. Download your free copy today at sanfordci.com. We share the part of the history around Ruby Rails, and I remember that Active Record was a big piece of it of a user experience that it provided. And I saw that you also invested heavily in that layer, but it is actually a bit different layer, which also kind of eliminates needs for writing the APIs manually, which is very useful. It sounds very interesting. Well, I haven't played with it. So can you give us an intro on that? There's two uh, things here. So the first thing is the ORM layer. And for that, we use Prisma. And Prisma is like a next generation ORM. It's more like a query builder in some sense. It's not class-based. It's not object-oriented. So it's a lot different than Active Record in that respect. But it's fully typed via TypeScript. And so you define your schema in a GraphQL-like syntax, and then Prisma will handle your migrations declaratively, and then it'll generate a fully typed database client. And so it's really nice to use. And the existence of that was like a motivation to start Blitz because... That's like a huge part of your full stack thing is like talking to your database, right? And managing that. So Prisma does an awesome job at that. And we have that by default, although it's not required for Blitz. So then the second piece that you have to have with any type of like client-side rendered app, right? Like with React or Vue or whatever, is you have to have a, some type of API to connect your back into your front end, unless you're doing 100% server-side rendered. And so one of my motivations for starting Blitz was I want to get back to that productivity of Ruby on Rails where you're not messing with the API layer. And at first I thought it would have to be server-side rendered. And that's what my first prototype was. People were still excited about it, but I didn't love it. And me and the other early Blitz contributors were trying to figure out like, how can we get rid of that API? Like what's the architecture going to be? Is it going to be MVC or like, you know, all this stuff. And one day I was laying in a hammock in Thailand thinking about this. And I asked myself, what would it look like if it was easy? And so as I was thinking about that, I just kind of had this picture in my imagination of writing code that runs on the server and then importing that code directly into your React component. And it would just work magically without like doing any fetching or API re- uh, like request response objects, all that stuff. It, it would just work, right? And... So I was like, well, that's really cool. Let's see if we can figure it out. Let's see if we can make it work. And we actually did. And so what happens is we abstract the API layer into a compile step. So as a developer, you don't have to worry about the API. You just write code that runs on the server. You import that function directly into your component. And then just like a local function import, but then a compile time, we swap that out with an API call. And so it makes for this super productive experience where you get that dynamic client-side rendering and everything you want there, but without managing a REST or GraphQL API. I'm trying to explain to myself, so it's not just a library. It's not just like a client for that server. It's more because you mentioned that it's being swapped on compile time. Am I following correctly or? Yeah, so it's definitely a full stack framework. Mm -hmm. And usually very 
tricky parts are all the potential, you know, retries and failures and all that. So I assume you handle also a lot of that boilerplate. Yep. And for that, we rely on React Query. So React Query is a really awesome library that you can use with any type of React app. And it manages your server cache, manages like the fetching retries. It'll do like automatic refetch on window focus, things like that. But also do polling and super powerful. And so we build all our hooks on top of that. And so it makes for a really nice experience. Yeah. In terms of people who are using it currently, what's their background? Where are they coming from? Users of Blitz? Pretty much anywhere and everywhere. It's cool. So we have all the way from students in college or whatever are doing it for school projects. And then we have all the way to like senior devs who are converting existing Rails and Laravel apps to Blitz. So there's like, yeah, people with Ruby on background, people with a PHP background, and then people with JavaScript background. Great. Yeah. And since testing is close to our hearts, I cannot miss the opportunity to ask. So Rails actually brought and inspired a lot of you know, testing culture. Test unit was a default, but very nice projects such as RSpec and Cucumber also, you know, came along and are part of the community. And you mentioned that BlitzJS comes with batteries included. And what are the choices that you have made? What are you offering if I start with BlitzJS? What I will have to use to test it? So we have uh, Jest installed and set up by default. So currently there's basically no integration between Jest and Blitz itself, but we just set everything up for you. And we're kind of looking at ways that we can improve that experience even further. But right now you still get a really awesome starting point. So you have like router mocks and every provider mocks and everything already set up for you. And so it's easy to just start writing tests. What's your experience with that separation of as a heavy client such as React and then you know a backend providing the API? What's the approach around doing full integration testing? Is that something that you encourage with this almost like a new layer, data layer that you have in place? I personally believe that most of your tests should be full end-to-end test, only doing unit tests for like complex business logic. And so I'm a big fan of using Cypress or Playwright for just doing full end-to-end test exactly like your user uses the app. Yeah. It provides a lot of safety. You can know that things are working well. If you are fortunate or unfortunate <laughs> that your app becomes, you know, successful, then it ends up being around for, you know, 10 years or more. And then that part can grow and can become pretty slow and hard to maintain. But as I said, it just depends, you know, how successful and how big and old your application gets. The whole undertaking about bootstrapping and building the whole framework is a huge undertaking, you know, from many, many aspects. What did you find the hardest in the journey so far? Dealing with NPM, weird NPM <laughs> issues. <laughs> oh, it's so annoying. Like, so you have NPM and Yarn in different versions, and then things like NPM version 7 comes along and totally changes how peer dependencies work. That has all been a nightmare. It's just like, oh, another one of these issues. But another interesting thing is sort of the tension between Next.js and Blitz. And originally Blitz was, we kind of built our own sort of compiler that would take your Blitz code and compile it into a valid Next.js app and then run that. It was just regular Next.js. It worked, but it had a number of issues. 
And then like we couldn't change the internals of Next.js. And so there was just this tension between like what the Next.js team wants to do and what we want to do because we're kind of serving different users. So what we ended up doing is just forking Next.js. And so now we're getting rid of our custom compiler and we're moving all of our custom logic into Next.js core. And so it's taking a fair amount of time to make that migration, but it's going to result in just so much nicer experience for our users. So we're still keeping up to date with Next.js. So every new release, we merge it in. And so we're not planning on diverging from Next.js. We're planning to stay up to date with them for the foreseeable future. It's super nice to be able to just customize the internals as we need. That's the best and the worst part about <laughs> about open source, when potentially the projects can diverge. Yeah, you think about it, and it's like, oh, maybe we should just build from scratch. But there's like so much work that has gone into Next.js that if we were starting from scratch, it would take years to catch up, right? And so I think definitely one of the best decisions we made is to build on top of Next.js because a lot of people love it. And now Blitz just adds everything that Next.js was missing and it fixes everything they were frustrated about. And so I think it's just going to be really healthy for the entire ecosystem. Hey, I'm going to take a quick break here and tell you that Sanford has a new book out called CICD with Docker and Kubernetes. If you are looking to deploy cloud-native apps, it's going to show you the most productive way of doing that. And the best of all, it's free. Download your free copy today at sam4ci.com. And can you give us your perspective on the current state of project? What is in the stack right now if someone, you know, tomorrow starts building on it? And what you are seeing are the first next steps that you would also love to see included, but are not around just yet. Currently in beta status, and we've been there since February or March of this year, so almost like four or five months, I think. So a lot of people are building production apps already, running apps in production. A lot of people have been running production apps since the alpha stages, which is funny. But the main next steps for 1.0, we're trying to do as soon as we can, is just getting rid of this custom compiler approach and moving everything into the fork. Because there's a bunch of development time bugs, not runtime bugs, but like development time bugs and various issues. And that's going to be resolved by that. So that's the final big thing for 1.0, which we're marching towards steadily right now. And then after that, we don't really have a well-defined plan. It's kind of up to whatever people want, whatever users want, our community. But definitely one big thing we'll be working on after 1.0 is better mobile app integrations. And so possibly even like generating clients in a specific language that will talk to your Blitz backend. So it makes it easy to do that. And then the other thing we want to pursue is having the same zero API approach with React Native. So if you have your Blitz app in a monorepo and you have your React Native app in that same repo, and then you can just import your Blitz backend code directly into your React Native components and it would just compile away into an API layer, same as the web. And so that's kind of the dream we're going for. Okay. Your market then becomes much wider and much bigger, but yeah, it's interesting how uh, work of framework creators is now much harder than 10 years ago. Yeah. 10 years ago, it was like, okay, serve us a nice HTML, you know, and it's fine. And yeah, with a lot of library and, you know, framework creators I have been talking, there is a lot of focus on the mobile, which is a whole other set of challenges. Yeah. So what people are doing today is some people are manually calling the auto-generated endpoints 
And then other people are adding a GraphQL endpoint in their app that's just for mobile apps. And that works pretty well too. And while you were talking about um, layer, which let's abstracts away the API, I wanted to ask, so what's happening in the background? I mean, as you said that you are using, I forgot the name, uh, React library for the network communication. A React query. React query, yeah. So it's essentially just a REST API, which exists in the background, or it's something different? It's actually an RPC API. Mm-hmm. It's very much like just calling a function over the network. So each function has its own endpoint. And then you just send a post request to that with like a params key in there. And then that returns the results of that function or an error. Yeah, yeah. And one thing we do that's unique with that API layer is that we wrote a advanced serialization library called SuperJSON that will automatically serialize and deserialize dates, maps, sets, regex, and big ints, things like that that normal like json.stringify doesn't support. And so it allows you to return a date from your server function and it'll come out a date on the client. And so you don't have to manually deal with that conversion. So that's it's super nice. And then that also allows the TypeScript types to flow all the way from the database all the way to the front end statically. So you don't need a separate process like with GraphQL to compile your types. Yeah. There was that, you know, just follow REST and everything must be mapped to REST. And also when we ventured into, you know, more of a service-based architecture and microservice and also that we embraced gRPC and just went with, you know, RPC-based approach and it make our lives much, much kind of easier. And that idea language that gRPC provides is just nice, you know, and it's strict enough. When you were talking about the TypeScript, so do I have to write my Bledgest app in TypeScript? No. We do unofficially support JavaScript right now. I think there's a few rough edges you may find in some certain features, but that's another thing we need to get for 1.0 is just make sure that everything is fully working with regular JavaScript. But right now there's a hidden flag when you generate an app called blitznew-js, and then that'll let you generate a JavaScript app. But by default, we generate TypeScript, and we have a bunch of people learning TypeScript through this. And it's kind of been surprising like how much like people pick it up pretty quick and there's like very little complaints or anything. And then also with React 18, like concurrent mode, concurrent features and suspense for data fetching, we've had that enabled ever since the very beginning. And so people have been using like the features, the experimental React features that aren't even released yet for over a year. It's worked really good actually. And so, yeah, it's pretty cool. Great. If you would be entering now the world of web development, what advice would you give yourself in terms of like JavaScript and TypeScript? You want to learn as many fundamentals of the language as you can, I would say, of JavaScript and TypeScript. TypeScript is really great because like it has some learning curve, but it makes like long-term maintenance and refactoring the things so much easier. And I think it helps you kind of reason about your code too. Like you have to kind of force you to write the types of like, what types are coming into this function. And I think it's good to learn full stack stuff. Even if you want to focus on front end or back end, it's really good to know both sides and be able to kind of understand like how the databases work, how to read and write from a database, how to do CSS. And it's good to have like some general knowledge about everything, even if you don't specialize, even if you're going to specialize in one thing. 
it would also probably help you build more empathy towards your fellow developers who are maybe backend guys <laughs> or frontend guys. Yeah, yeah. Maybe lastly, you can give us some, you know, pointers and tips on adopting Blitz.js. What are the first steps? Would you advise someone to wait for 1.0 or going straight away and they will not regret, you know, the 1.0 release and the conversion and so on? Just go straight away. <laughs> yeah. There's no plan breaking changes, although there's a few minor ones possible. But yeah, it's a good time to start building an app with Blitz. And the best way to do that is just install Blitz globally. So like npm dash or npm i dash g Blitz and then run Blitz new my app and give it your app name. And that will generate a full basic application for you. And there's kind of a lot of files in there. So don't be overwhelmed by it. But we're optimizing for building like a real production application, not just very simple, like, wow, this is so simple, like first impression, wow thing. But then once you actually need to do something, you have to go look up a ton of docs and copy and paste stuff. So we just give you everything you're going to want by default. That also includes um, user signup, login and logout is already set up for you with a new app. And so we have authentication built in, authorization, it's all in there ready to go. But go to blitzjs.com for all the documentation. So we have a lot of documentation there that'll really help. I think that I heard you mentioning scaffolding in some context, I forgot exactly. What's your position on that? Is it good to do that as one of the first steps to scaffold some pieces? I'm uh, big for scaffolding over like libraries. And so I think it's better to, for a lot of code, it's better to scaffold it into your project where you have full control over it and it's easy to customize versus having a bunch of that code abstracted into a library or framework where you can't customize it. That's sort of the philosophy behind a lot of the code that Blitz New will generate for you. Some of that could be abstracted away, but we don't abstract it away because it's stuff like some of the auth code that you're very likely going to need to customize. And so it's right there, easy for you to customize. Related to this, we have a blitz generate command. So it's very similar to Rails generate. And it'll generate either just some code or all of the code you need for an end-to-end feature. So you can run like blitz generate all project and then pass in the model names like name colon string active colon boolean. And it'll generate your database model. It'll generate all your blitz queries and mutations and your pages and a form component for that. So you can just start it and then you can already have like all your basic crowd operations set up for you. Thank you, Brandon. Seems to be a very interesting project. I'm looking forward to seeing over next couple of years, you know, how adoption will go. And we'll share link to Blitz.js. So I hope that 1.0 will be out soon. And yeah, good luck with the project. Thank you. Well, one thing to all of you listening, Blitz is open source. And so we love contributors. We have a how to contribute guide in our documentation that goes through how to clone the repo and then like how to contribute or how to fix things. So we just love contributions in any way, even if it's just answering questions in our Discord. And so we'd love to have you involved in some way. And then also, last but not least, if you want free Blitz.js stickers, go to blitzjs.com forward slash stickers and enter your address in there and then we will send you three free stickers. Great. Thank you again. Thank you.